0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by the Rangers Forum. What is that? I will tell you. It is on August 25th. It is featuring yours truly, Blue Shirts Breakaway, along with the Garden Faithful Podcast and Bantering the Blue Shirts. It is a live debate in New York City. Uh We will be over there. Ethan from Gotham Sports will be narrating. Get more details to come. But it's going to be a really fun event. Super excited and, and uh I can't believe we got it all together. So if you want to hear more about that, after the interviews today, me and Greg talk about what to expect from the forum. On today's uh, episode, we have Arvin from Pension Plat Puppets, and then we have James Duffy from PTL's Talk All Things to virus. Thanks again to our Patreon supporters to keep us going. We have an investors meeting on Thursday on our Discord, which is going to be like, hey, what do you guys want to see from us? Like, what can we do better? Is there something we should be doing that you'd like us to do? Should we be doing and XXX? X sounds like porn, but it's not. Or maybe if you want us to see us do that, I mean, you, you know, we'll see. You're a supporter. I don't know. What am I say? He plays the flute. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to do the episode now. Let's go. Hey, Bushwitch Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Bushwitch Breakaway. I talk too fast, and my name is Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
1: Ah, uh, 72 degrees in air conditioning, You're a piece baby. of shit.
0: Okay, so for everyone listening... <laughs> um for your listening pleasure i need to have my windows closed and my ac not on and if i I can't have a fan on obviously so it is no joke like 102 degrees in my room clothing is limited in the ryan mead household right now and i am a puddle of sweat so this whole podcast is a sacrifice for you here we are
1: i'm i'm fine by the way
0: you're fine that's good yeah how are your feet for standing
1: not great. Today was Cavs day, so uh...
0: oh, no one cares. All right, so John, T- <laughs> John Tavares, Tavares, sorry, is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Gregory. Now, Damn! boom, never have to see that guy again, except for when he comes to kick our ass on the Leafs team. Yeah, yeah it's fine. So, we're gonna be bad. So, so, yeah, we're gonna be terrible. So saw so Austin Matthews last year, pretty good in person. Gonna be better next to John Tavares.
1: Oh well, he won't play on the same line. No, you know that, right? I,
0: right, he'll play in the second because they're both centers.
1: That's an interesting question. Who plays top top line minutes? Oh, so Tavares will be
0: playing top line minutes. You think? Yes. I
1: don't know. I think yeah. it's still Austin Matthews.
0: No, it's your seniority, everything. I mean, they're going to probably play who plays best with each other, and it's it's not actually going to be a real first line. Yeah. Also, what
1: what a, what a fucking problem to have. Oh, who's yeah. going to play first who's line center first for the line? Maple Leafs? They're Blues?
0: both playing like twenty five minutes each. It doesn't fucking yeah.
1: matter. Yeah, they're pretty good.
0: Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, it sucks for the Islanders. Gotta say. That's a real gut punch. Really fun for me, though. Like, a it's, great time on Twitter.
1: The trade is one for one. John Tavares for Leo Komarov. Boy. Well, wow. I, I thought I made a logical, coherent argument for signing Komarov to a two-year deal for the Rangers just for him to play fourth-line minutes and to be a leader in the locker room. And I, I thought that would be fine. And then I see what the Islanders do to him, and I, I, I don't know what they're doing.
0: Oh I yeah. Have no idea. Well, you know, one or two years is fine. Four years is like, oh, uh, what? No, right, no even no, we're trying to win a cup in four years.
1: Even well, if you're trying to tank, you shouldn't be giving anyone four years. Like a- anybody at all, even if they can help you tank. That that's not the point of a tank. The tank is for it to be over before the four year mark. But you have Leo Komarov <laughs> for, until like 2022. Poof.
0: Hey, you know who else is until 2022?
1: Mark Stahl. Yep. Yep. Well, he'll be a ranger for one more year.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, in other news, we had a lot to. Dude, we have so much to talk about. We it's, have it's a lot to get into. An absolutely ridiculous amount of stuff for July second, seven thirty-three on a Monday
1: night. Uh, July second, where the Rangers signed one unrestricted. Absolutely
0: free agent. no, no, like movement whatsoever on the free agency market, or even the sure. trade market. There's so much we thought was going to happen in the trade market. We've done nothing.
1: We are. We're ready and waiting is basically what uh, I f- The motto is. I had a few people text
0: right te- text me personally and say, "Hey, I know you know stuff about the Rangers. I don't, by the way. Um, what are they doing? Like, what's the plan right now?" And I was like, we- "We're doing nothing. Our plan is to sign no one and going with our prospects. That's that's what it seems like our plan is. But we did sign Vlad- uh, Vladin to a uh, two year deal for four million each year, which mm-hmm. at the time." Oh, the signing? You know, I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. It's a nice bridge deal where you, it's kind of a prove-me contract, see what we have now, there. It's also
1: technically not a bridge deal because at the end of the contract, he's an unrestricted free agent.
0: That's true. It's a, it's a semi-bridge deal. It's a mini-bridge.
1: It, I, I kind of The more I think about the contract, the more I like it. Um, it means a couple things in my mind. It means, one, Ryan Spooner will not be a New York Ranger on opening night. It's just a matter of trying to find the right dance partner to send him to and to recoup some assets. Do you think that's like a guarantee uh, at this point? Yeah, I really do. You're, you're running out of you you run out of room quickly in the top nine for playing time for everybody. Um, and that gets us to our next guy, which is Kevin Hayes. And I think the Nemesnikov signing does impact Kevin Hayes. Nemesnikov can play the wing but he can also slot in center. In my mind, there is zero chance that one of Philip Hedel or Leas Anderson is playing fourth-line minutes, and I think there's a significantly high chance that both players are at least going to start the season in New York. So if both players are starting the season in New York on opening night, that means they're playing second- and third-line minutes. Yeah,
0: I think they're going to play second- and third-line.
1: Right, which means you're also not putting Kevin Hayes on the fourth-line, and you're not putting Mika Zibanejad on the fourth-line. So only one of Zibanejad and Hayes can play top-line center. We have every reason to believe it's going to be Zibanejad because that's where – He's been for the Rangers since he's gotten here, which means you're also putting Kevin Hayes on a wing now. In theory, that's fine because you, you have a player who has shown offensive upside the last year, arguably the best Ranger from start to finish last season for this team, and he got better as the year went along. Having him on the wing is not the end of the world. I just think it's a wrong allocation of an asset. I, I don't understand why you would take someone like Kevin Hayes and move him away from center where he's proven to be a solid two-way player with top six potential scoring. But at the same time, I'm not moving Hedl and Leus immediately off center because I need to see if they can do it. So could I see Hayes playing second line minutes next to Hedl and Zuccarello? Sure can. I just, I, I, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for the Rangers when you have that big of an asset And you're going to shuffle him kind of to the side, especially if you're going to give him anywhere in the five and a half to 6 million annually range, which is what he could be getting in restricted free agency this year. I'm not saying I would trade Kevin Hayes. I'm saying Vladimir Vladislav Nemestikov is giving you a lot of options regarding Kevin Hayes right now. A lot of options.
0: Yeah, there is, this is a wait and see part for us with Kevin Hayes. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, something will happen because that's just the way this works.
1: That Uh, is the way the world works.
0: Absolutely. But with Kevin Hayes in general, I'm really curious to see how they either A, structure his contract, or what what their plan for him is. Because to me, Kevin Hayes' value is at center. Like, I know he could play wing, but the best part about Kevin Hayes is that he could play a two-way center that's sort of a defensive shutdown center. And that's what I want out of him. So if he's not playing in that center position, I think you kind of lose value in Kevin Hayes for him being on a wing. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I
1: 100% agree. And... Again, by locking up Nemesnikov for two years, it doesn't mean that the Rangers won't trade him. It does mean that they're not going to trade him before opening night. So you can put Nemesnikov on a wing in your top nine. It creates uh, an upside-scoring veteran winger to play with Leas Anderson on the third line, for example. And you can put VC if he's here, on the other side of that wing. It creates depth on the Rangers. And say, for example... The Rangers decide after a couple weeks that Anderson needs more time in Hartford, or Heedle needs more time in Hartford. You could easily slot Nemestikov back to center. You're not losing anything there in your top nine. You're giving yourselves a lot of options. Of course, you can do the same with Hayes. Hayes serves as the same safety net that Nemestikov does. My only question is, why have two of the same safety nets? And if you've already locked in Domestikov, why not explore a trade for the guy that could potentially bring back a heat? We're looking at what Ryan O'Reilly got last night. A first, a second, a good prospect, and then the equivalent of um, cap fodder. Uh, Hayes could bring something similar. Maybe minus, the, I mean, the cap fodder is fine with the Rangers. They have so much of it the next Yeah, whatever you
0: want, I'm ready to roll. I'll take some yeah. money.
1: Um, I mean, it, Larry Brooks has already said that the the Jets aren't trading someone like Jacob Truba for Hayes, and I totally get that. But there are, there are other teams that have missed out on the – Tyler Bozak's, the Paul Stasny's, obviously the John Tavares's, the Riley Nash's. A lot of teams still need some center depth and those teams have valuable assets to trade. So I would be in the business of maybe not shopping Kevin Hayes, but I would kindly remind the other GMs in the NHL that, hey, you offer us the right package and uh, that's a guy we can talk about.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. At this point in time, we could be like, all right, uh, again, I, I said this every week on the podcast. I'm ready to give up anybody for the right value. I yep. know that we're in a, a rebuild now, and it's not it's not a mini rebuild. It's not a flash rebuild. It's a full rebuild. We're not. We're looking to get assets, and we'll take on contracts too, as long as you give us the value back. That's all I want. I yep. want the picks, and I want the prospects. We're, we're restocking.
1: Yeah. The, to me, Nemestikov means one clear thing, and that it's Spooner will not be a New York Ranger come opening night. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go, if. The Jets weren't interested in Hayes. I would think they'd be interested in Spooner at a lower price. They're a team that still needs to find a way to replace stats, and his performance in their lineup. I'm not saying Ryan Spooner is that, but I'm saying he could kind of get you there. Um, it'd be interesting to see where Spooner ends up. Uh, Hayes, to me, though, is 100% the most intriguing guy the Rangers currently have now.
0: Yeah, it's not even a question. Let's talk about the four defensemen spots, or the defensemen that are on the
1: team, rather. Yeah, uh, well, we added one.
0: We did, uh, and I don't have his name in front of me, and I don't know uh, why.
1: Freddie Classen.
0: Freddie Classen. He is a frog. In case you're wondering, he posted an Instagram video that was very strange of him frog hopping into a uh, lake or river, it was, I believe. So that was very okay. interesting. In case you're wondering, okay, um, interesting. A little bit of a weird it's, guy. Uh, Seems like a weird guy. Seems like a fit in.
1: He's going to fit in just fine. Yeah, he's a he's a perfectly capable um, spare defenseman. You're you're happy if he's on your third pairing. You're fine if he's. Scratched, healthy some nights. He's basically what the Rangers uh, Want Steve Camper? never had with, with Steve Camper. There you go. Uh, funny story. Steve Camper is still here, by the way. Oh, yeah. He you
0: thought he was gone. He's not. Oh, it's a, he it, was not. A, it was a two-year.
1: It was a two-year deal. He is still here. So, yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I, well, let's talk it's about Tony
0: D'Angelo, though, because that's really the, 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 that's the person that is sort of the peak interest here. It's Tony D'Angelo, one of the two major pieces in the Derek Stepon uh, trade from last year. Yep. And... Right now, so far, I mean, it's, you're, you're thinking he's a lock to make the lineup because of the asset evaluation, but we've heard some otherwise that he's, he might not yeah, be. Yeah,
1: I, I personally would think D'Angelo's a lock because, again, the whole point of a rebuild is to see what you have. And if the goal is not necessarily to win hockey games on every night, but the goal is to improve the players that are currently on the roster or just properly evaluate what they can do on a nightly basis... I, I don't know why D'Angelo wouldn't be a lock in the lineup. He, Shattenkirk, and Peon to me, are the clear three right-handed. Unless the Rangers make a trade, a significant trade, possibly involving Kevin Hayes, that would bring back a young top-four right-handed defenseman, I don't understand why, not only why D'Angelo wouldn't be a lock, but why fans wouldn't want him to be a lock in the lineup. I understand completely that Tony D'Angelo does not seem like the kind of guy you or I would ever want to hang out with. He has said some deplorable things on the ice. He has not exactly been the world's greatest teammate. He's from everything we've read, a complete and utter douchebag. Um,
0: well, he can prove,
1: he can prove us wrong. It People nice. change. But... And Tony, come on and defend yourself. <laughs> right. If we're going to, if we're going to flame him like this, you might as well. At the same time, he's 22. He's if he's going to have his best hockey, it is ahead of him. And he looked what decent for the Rangers when he got his shot at the end of last year. But
0: then he got injured, just, and that was really, you know, when it all went
1: downhill. Right. I just, I don't understand why a team that is hurting for right-handed defensemen in their system, you wouldn't want to give Tony D'Angelo as, as much of a look as you possibly could entering this season. I'm not saying he's going to be a a top four guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a power play maestro. What I'm saying is we need to figure out what the hell he is. And we're not going to do that if he's back in Hartford. No, we're not. It doesn't make any sense to send him back And maybe
0: the Rangers make a decision because you know what? They they are sort of a high character organization. If we've learned anything, it matters to them. It definitely matters to them. Sure. And if they feel Tony D'Angelo, even though he is a good prospect and – well, I don't know if he's a good prospect anymore, but he's still a prospect. And if they feel like he's not the correct character for this team, they're not going to have him.
1: They're no, not going to. They'll him. trade him. They'll yeah, trade him.
0: They'll ship him out. And I, they won't. They won't care that they 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 busted on that trade because they got Leah Anderson.
1: But at the same time, this is the same. Nothing's changed in that front office from when they made the step on trade till today. I don't think the Rangers all of a sudden decided that high character players are what they wanted to prioritize. I think they had the same priorities when they made the trade. So it just doesn't make much sense. If that's going to be the excuse for why D'Angelo is not going to be given a chance, why'd you trade for him? You could have, you could have gotten someone else in that deal along with the seventh pick. You didn't, no one put a gun to your head and said, you also have to take Tony D'Angelo.
0: No, there were other options that we were more enticed by at that point in time, but we ended up with Tony D'Angelo and that's what we're stuck with
1: now. Yeah. To me, Shattenkirk is your best right-handed defenseman. You can flip Pionk and D'Angelo anywhere on the second and third line right now just to figure it out. To me, the only left-handed defenseman that definitely deserves to be in the lineup every night is Brady Shea. I don't understand why people – I understand the people that say, well, Stahl's going to be in there anyway because they're paying him so much. That's fine. There's nothing that says the Rangers have to play him on a daily night. You just eat the money and let him sit in the press box. Again, there's nothing forcing you to play – Mark Stahl. And the same goes for Brandon Smith. There's clearly nothing forcing you to play Brandon Smith. And we already know that nobody in the league is interested in that contract, taking it off your hands. What? You you don't want Brandon Smith for three more years at
0: $4 million, $4.5 million? Uh, Apparently
1: not. I I get that those guys are likely going to be in the lineup. My point when I made that comment on Twitter is if the Rangers are truly rebuilding and the whole point of this season is to figure out what works and what doesn't work, there are no rules that say Mark Stahl and Brandon Smith have to play on a nightly basis.
0: I totally agree, but I just hope I hope the organization itself actually realizes that. Like I, I know that they've sort of been in the past. Hey, we're paying this guy; we're going to play him.
1: You got to play at the same. At the same time, there is some value to putting Brandon Smith back in the lineup because you want to try and recoup any of those lost assets that you gave up first in trade and then in the contract extension. So if you want to put Brandon Smith in the lineup to start the season, by all means, there really isn't a reason for Mark Stahl to be guaranteed a lineup spot with the New York Rangers. Unless David and if you Quinn think this is season... the last
0: time we're talking about this with Mark Stahl, you're <laughs> not fucking crazy. You're nuts. Cause, cause Unless the there's only, a lot the more only, coming.
1: Only thing I can think of is David Quinn sees leadership quality in Mark Stahl that he wants on the ice on a nightly basis. Then fine. I guess you can make that case, but also it's 2018. It's 2018. Shattenkirk's there. You at some point have to give a leadership role or expect Shea to take a leadership role on this team. I, I don't know. I just, at the same time, right? We're not totally concerned about wins and losses with the New York Rangers next year. So it's not the end of the world. If Mark Stahl sucks, not, it, it really isn't. It's, it's really fine. Not. We'll, we'll eat that salary for one more year and we'll probably buy him out at the end of the season.
0: I think we're going to, he's going to here for two more years at this point.
1: He could be if, if the rebuild is truly two years, It only makes sense to buy Mark Stahl out as soon as you think you have a contender again. So if if the Rangers don't think they're going to have a contender again next year, there's no reason to buy out Mark Stahl. If the Rangers think they're going to sign someone like Artemi Panarin, then yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to buy out Mark Stahl next year. But we're not at that point yet. It it doesn't make any sense to talk about that hypothetical right now.
0: Let's move on to our next topic then, which is all the former Rangers are getting paid. Are you? Uh, McDonough. Tampa Bay, seven years, $6.75 million.
1: Yeah, a little surprised that it happened this quickly. We we talked to uh, Matt Estevez not too long ago who said – Estevez? Uh, no, I think you called him Esteves. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. we, we talked to him not too long ago, and he said it's probably going to happen, but he didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. The timing made me think that the Lightning knew they weren't getting Tavares and they wanted to lock McDonough up right then, right now. Um, well, not only, say,
0: not only did they lock McDonough, they also locked up JT Miller.
1: They did. Um, first about McDonough, the average annual value of that contract is much lower than I thought it was going to be. And that's because of state income tax, Gregory.
0: Thank you, Correct. Disney, for Correct. letting Ryan McDonough sign for less than $8 million.
1: At the same time, I have no interest in age 35, 36, and 37-year-old Ryan McDonough um, on my hockey team. I
0: might not have no interest uh, of, for age 34 Ryan McDonough at this point.
1: Anything yeah. after age 32, you can tell me is it's it's not going to look pretty.
0: Yeah, wow. and and now that Ryan's gone, I can say some stuff. You know, I can get oh. some stuff off my chest. Oh, dear. I really never liked Ryan McDonough as captain.
1: Okay, uh, that seems to be a twenty twenty hindsight opinion that's been floating around. Who would you have rather had as captain? Just I, make it Hank. Like, at some point, just make it Hank. I yeah, get that. I know that goalies,
0: goalies are not allowed to be captains. Hank's if the captain. Hank's, the, Hank's the captain. I just – I i kind of want – and I know this is so, like, oh, stupid and dumb as a hockey fan. I kind of want my, my captain to be sort of fiery and, like, to be a good leader. And maybe Ryan McDonough was a good leader behind uh, behind closed doors. But I just never heard that, saw it really in interviews. And I, I want my guy to come out and, and give me something. But Ryan McDonough was always sort of, you know, eh.
1: eh. I, had, I had no problem as Ryan McDonough's captain, mostly because if it's not going to be Hank – it's just a letter. That doesn't matter, To me, Zuccarello.
0: If if that was the case,
1: sure. But yeah. then, if, then I, again, I Zuccarello lost it. the
0: ability to speak,
1: so that hurts. Maybe that uh, didn't help. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't make any sense to put the C on Zuccarello now, unless no, you're extending no, no. him, and it makes even less sense to extend Zuccarello right now. No, I
0: mean, he's... I mean, in in hindsight, version. Not that anyone's right right, right, right,
1: right, right. But um, back to
0: Ryan Reynolds' contract. It, it it does seem a little bit less than I really truly expected. I thought he would get eight million.
1: Um, I, it, I thought I thought he was going to get much closer to Doughty.
0: Well, the Dowdy contract battle. is a lot.
1: It's a lot. Well, I, I didn't expect him to get Doughty, but I expected him to get like you said, over seven. I really thought anything under seven is surprising. But state income tax, man, that's a real thing. If is the Rangers the, wanted to sign him to a similar deal, I think the number was seven point eight. Oh, they would have yeah. had to
0: sign him to easily, and I think they would have done eight point five.
1: It's just not worth it. No. Nope. As much as I like Ryan McDonough, as much as he gave this organization, he gave a ton to this organization. You just got to walk away from defenders over the age of 30. Well,
0: now he'll play – two, and you know, it's not a bad career if you play in two places and that's it.
1: It's, it's you, not, you played it's at really Rangers not.
0: North and then you're playing at Rangers South.
1: And the worst year of his career is going to be the half season he spent with the Rangers last year because that Lightning team is going to be good for as long as they keep Kucherov.
0: Oh, that right. is going to be really good for the next six years. And they know that because they're giving out contracts like candy to everybody. JT Miller got paid five years also.
1: Yeah. And that's over 5 million annually. And look, that JT Miller contract is exactly why you and I sat here for weeks on end debating if the Rangers were trying to make a decision between Hayes and Miller, because even with the amount of cash space the Rangers have, they don't want to sign two guys to that kind of contract. And Hayes is going to get more than that. I just good for JT. I'm not angry at JT, I personally would rather have Nemestikov on two years and four million dollars. Oh, me too. I think I, I I think their games are a lot more similar than people give Nemestikov credit for. Um, I think it's it's an easy trope to say Nemestikov played with Stamkos and Kucherov and that inflated his numbers. At the same time, you have to be good to get numbers with those guys. They're just not going to play a stiff out there with Kucherov and Stamkos and just hope something good happens. Miller's numbers improved with them as well, but that's because Miller is also a decent player. Oh, Miller and Domestikov, to me, are as close to one-to-one as you're going to get.
0: Well, the Domestikov contract also just lines up with our timeline. We're trying to be good in three years from now. And it's and it pretty, it's Rangers, pretty obvious. Like, like we
1: said, it gives the Rangers, they're not going to trade him before opening night, but they can easily trade him at this year's deadline, they can easily trade him next summer, or they can easily trade him at next year's deadline.
0: And they'll have there no, are no problem doing that. There'll be plenty no, of suitors.
1: There'll be plenty. Moving on. Dahan is Duclair. Do you have any interest? Uh, Dahan, I do because again, we just went over. I, to me, the Rangers have three right-handed defensemen. They should be playing on a nightly basis to start the season to see what we got. At, on the left-hand side, they only have Shea. Dahan is underrated. I, I, I think he's he's got serious value. It depends on what the number is. It depends. Would, on would what
0: you do theoretically a three-year deal for Dahan?
1: I think I would. Um, Three years in the two and a half range. I don't. I don't think I flinch much at that because he is a. He is a solid. Of, he's a solid second line pairing defenseman, and if he's your on your third line, he looks even better. So I, that's fine. At the same time, the Rangers can't be the only team that feels that way. Oh, absolutely not. Nick Holden
0: got three years. Remember that.
1: John Moore got five. Yeah, how did John Moore get five? The, the John Moore contract to me is the, one of the weirder ones because the annual salary makes perfect sense. It's under $3 million. That's good money for John Moore. But then you give him five years and you just shouldn't be giving a player like John Moore that long of a term. It just doesn't make any sense. It, depreciating value at some point on that contract. Absolutely. I, it's gonna, it, the thing is that contract is going to be perfectly fine the first two years. The Bruins, the first two years of that contract, they're going to have no complaints. It's Why would like they? Three years after that that that's where things get a little tricky when you give a defenseman term.
0: I mean, I, again, I don't want to take money out of anyone's mouth.
1: That's good for John Moore. No good for John Moore. For real. Um, Uh, let's talk about, uh, uh, Oh yeah. Go on. I, 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 gladly would, if he wants to come here, uh, I am not going to cry if he doesn't want to, because again, I'm cool leaving defensive spots open for young players to try and earn their keep.
0: Me too. And Duclair right now is sort of only looking at Montreal and I believe the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he'll, when he goes to play with the Penguins, he will be absolutely phenomenal and I'll totally hate it.
1: And as, as much as I want Duclair on the Rangers, I also only want Duclair on the Rangers if he's got a top nine role. And there are no a spots. lot of, there are just no spots right now. You, in order to give Duclair a top nine role, you're, you're definitely trading VC. Um, and you probably have, again, it goes back to Kevin Hayes. If the Rangers trade Kevin Hayes and bring in Anthony Duclair in a separate move, I, I think that's intriguing because you're giving a 22 year old winger who's shown scoring potential a chance to blossom. Um, but as it stands right now, the Rangers' forward depth is crazy crowded in the top nine. They don't really have an opening, which is why Ryan Spooner needs to go. Um, I I would love Duclair in a Ranger jersey. I just if I'm Duclair looking at that roster, I'm not too intrigued by my playing time. Opportunities. No,
0: and that's why it's going to go to Pittsburgh and try to win a cup.
1: Um, or Montreal. Montreal's got a shit ton of winger spots they need to fill.
0: Yeah, they do. They, they trade those guys and centers too. Let's talk about the next. We have so much to cover. Rick, re, the Rick Nash sort of retirement rumor slash confirmation.
1: We've, I mean, we've talked about this in, on the Patreon bonus. Rick, I just want you to be able to yes, live, a, just be healthy, live a good dude. life. And family, it seems like man. that's
0: what he's choosing. Uh, apparently, there's been a few multi-year offers to the Rick Nash, and he's sort of been like, nah, I'm good. So, yeah, that, that, I, for him, take care of your family. Uh, supposedly, I, I think, by the way, speaking of Kevin Hayes, he was on another podcast this week, uh, Speaking Chicklets at Barstool. Hmm. I, I got to listen to some of the highlights of it. Confirm that uh, Hank has the biggest dick of all time. And then also... That guy has everything. Yeah, what the fuck, Hank. <laughs> I just don't understand, dude. The, that guy, that the, guy reason, has everything. the reason the Rangers haven't won a cup is because you have everything else.
1: He's got everything. If
0: you had a cup, you got the gold medal. If you had a cup, what would we say about you? Well, We couldn't even – no one could make it. I'm so frustrated. Um, and then the other thing they confirmed is Rick Nash is the nicest guy of all time.
1: The nicest guy of all time. And I, every interview he's done, even when his name was being thrown out in trade rumors, everything he was saying was – I just want to help make the Rangers a better team. And to say shit God like that it, as your name is being t- tossed around on the chopping block, incredible. That that guy doesn't owe anybody anything. And I want him to live a healthy life with his family. And I think the best way for him to do that, hang him up, man. You made mil- tens of millions of dollars. You're not going to have to work another day in your life. If he wanted to, he could probably get an analyst job wherever the hell he wants.
0: Oh, he could be Dude, on TV you're tomorrow. You're good.
1: Good. You don't. You don't need to do that to yourself, man. If you if you want to, God bless. It's not. I'm not here to judge you. It's your life. You know it. You know your health condition better than I ever will. But as a uh, as a guy with a microphone in front of him that apparently goes out to the ears of other people, I would retire. You, you, you done did good, Rick. I don't think you owe this league mm-hmm. anything.
0: Eric Carlson is reportedly looking for eight mil uh, eight years, eleven million each year.
1: He's going to get it, too.
0: He's definitely going to get it. Will it be from the Rangers? I do not believe so. You're going to have to take on Bobby Ryan's contract first off.
1: Which is fine by me.
0: Fine by me, no problem. But they might want other assets. And that's when we're like, now we're good. Especially because I I know Carlson's good, guys. You don't have to tell me. I know. I watched. I watched the Ottawa series. I saw two games in person. That guy kicked our ass by himself on one foot. But that one foot is what worries me about eight years and $11 each year.
2: Yeah, I'm not I ready really, to make
0: that commitment.
1: I really don't know what the trade looks like for Carlson either. I even if you're taking back Bobby Ryan, man, it's hard to think of a trade that doesn't include Bucnevich.
0: I just yeah, well, he'd definitely be in there. He'd have he to has be. to be. He'd have to be. Uh, and and, I, then, I, and who else? We're, just, we're not giving up Heedle or Anderson. Get the fuck out of here,
1: Buchnevich, You have to give up a first-round pick, especially considering that clause that the Senators have for next year um, where they're going to have to give the Avalanche a first round pick. Man, that's brutal. They should have just done it this year. They are not a smartly run organization, but whatever. I am not here for that. Um, Booch, a first round pick. If you're taking Bobby Ryan back, you're probably giving up a mid-tier prospect as well just because they want to get out of that contract so badly. So could you could you possibly do Carlson and Ryan for Buchnevich? Um, man, I don't even know what a mid tier prospect like a, Tim Gettinger and a first like is that? I don't, I don't know. I I honestly the Ryan contract confuses all of this so much. If the Senators were smart, just do a Ryan deal separate and trade Carlson for literally the house because they can, but they want to include Ryan in that deal. I don't know. I I just think it. You're not helping yourself out there long term by You're not. trying and, and to and shoot. It's suppo- and supposed
0: supposedly deal. there might be a new owner there eventually in uh, the next couple of years. Speaking of new owners.
1: Not soon enough.
0: James Dolan
1: is not selling either team.
0: I believe he might be.
1: Oh, he quickly came out and issued a statement saying they're not for sale, they're not gonna be for sale. This is an erroneous report. Now, of course even but today
0: and, today the stock markets for MSG like pubbed up like a lot. Uh, in in the rumors that he might sell the Rangers and the Knicks and keep MSG as a separate organization.
1: At the same time, simply splitting those things as different assets for the potential to one day possibly sell either of those at some very distant time will also help boost sales in stock. It's, it's all, this businessman, we're here to make money. If splitting MSG from the Knicks and Rangers is going to help make James Dolan more money, he's going to make more money. He just doesn't also have to sell the Knicks and Rangers to do it. He could, if he wants to, that we're talking multi-billion dollars. The Marlins went for like 1.2. Oh, the the Knicks
0: would go for 2.5 billion easy.
1: Uh, I honestly think it's north of that. Oh, God. The deal would be insane. If if James Dolan is bored and he just wants multiple billions of dollars, sell him. That's fine. But at the same time, that's a nice card to always have in your pocket. And, look, you can only own, at most, there are only ever going to be 32 to 34 teams in the NHL, and it doesn't look like the NBA, well, the NBA might expand to 32 soon. That's still only 32. There are hundreds of billionaires in this world that do not own sports teams that would love to. They're always going to want to own them, and there are new billionaires being born every day. They're not named you or me, but they're out there somewhere. Selling horses in Iceland, I'm sure. <laughs> are you? Are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> 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 all
0: right. Um, th- this has been the hottest podcast of my life. Uh, we're gonna move on to our interviews. We have Arvin from Petchipan Puppets, and then we have uh, James Duffy from PT Isles to talk all things John Tavares and some trades and possibilities for the future. And then uh, we'll come back for like literally a minute, and then we're done with the podcast. So transition. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have Arvin from Petchipan Puppets. Arvin. Uh, you've been on the show like this is your third time now you've been on a memorial you know a memorable episode that everyone likes and now uh you're on you're back on for the the John Tavares sleep
2: you won yes you won yeah. buddy you did it <laughs> oh I th- I think I was really the key factor here uh you know I'm not sure what Kyle Dubas did but I think you know I think really I should be the one that least fans are thanking. well
0: I, I want to just correct you real quick because I think number one was childhood dreams and number two was you
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I, like you did, a,
0: you did a lot of the lifting, but I'm going to give it to Childhood Dreams, number one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, before Before we get into the real um, nuts and bolts here about John Tavares being a Maple Leaf, who liked episode one of Star Wars enough to buy that figurine? <laughs> it's a na- that's it really is, what I want to get into.
0: It's a Nabu Starfighter. Listen, sometimes your parents give you shitty stuff. You're like, they're like, oh, he'll like Star Wars,
2: but really, what he wanted was a Maple Leaf shit. Yeah, I understand what fair. happened. Look. Now that I have to stand for John Tavares since he's a leaf, I, I was—he was like seven in that photo. You know, seven-year-olds don't have the the best taste, so I'll give him a pack.
1: I don't know. I was young when Episode One came out, and I remember young Greg thinking this is not good.
2: Well, well not everyone is
0: refined as young well, Greg. Well, listen, I, I like—I'll—I'll I'll defend Obi wan and you and McGregor to the death. Darth Maul <laughs> in concept is a great character, but I'm not getting into this. Let's talk about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so your first reaction when you read it, were you expecting Johnny to come over to you guys, or, or uh, when did you realize it was going to happen?
2: You know, so I, I'm kind of a naturally pessimistic person. Welcome so to to the entire yeah, the, the, the entire time, I was like, oh, he's probably going to stay in New York. And then when it became clear that he wasn't going to stay in New York, I'm like, okay, well, he's probably going to go to San Jose. But the entire time, there was like kind of this nagging, kind of conceitedly fan feeling, which is, which is like, we have the best Offer for him, and I, and I do believe that I do legitimate, legitimately believe that the Leafs have provided the best combination of, uh, I guess, fame, childhood dreams, and the chance to win.
1: Yeah, so I, 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 I mean, the Sharks—that's a talented roster too, but that roster does not have the youth
2: that the Leafs. Yeah, have. yeah, that's they, like, the thing. Like the Sharks would, with Tavares for sure, they would be a contender. But yeah, as you said, they are definitely much further along in their development than the Leafs are. And, I mean, it it should be said, the Leafs last year had a better record than the Sharks. Uh, The Sharks did make it around further, but I think that if the Leafs got to beat up on the Ducks in the first round, they would have won as well. Poor Ducks. Uh, So, Yeah, I mean, the the Sharks for sure had a compelling case, but I'll stand by the fact that I think the Leafs were the smartest choice for Tavares, and I'm glad he made it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking sustained winner, the you can make the argument that even with Tavares, they haven't quite opened their window fully yet, because yeah, God,
2: they're just so young. Everybody on that roster. Yeah, I mean, and it's still well, certainly a team with flaws, and we can get into that as well.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, one of the things you and I talked about. I mean, it's unbelievable that Tavares is going there, but the the first big thing is we we're talking about them being a sustained winner. My first thought, and as soon as the signing happened, I was I don't I don't want to say I was the first guy on Twitter pumping the trades up, can the Leafs afford everybody? Or are we looking at a situation where one of Mitch Marner and William
2: Nylander are going to have to leave town? The Leafs can afford everyone, uh, but it does require trade-offs. So so the simplest way to put this, this year is completely fine for the Leafs. Uh, There are essentially no cap issues this year at all. In fact, the Leafs still have a boatload of cap room that were, if they wanted to, fire a lot of one-year deals off the remaining free agents, they could. Or if they wanted to absorb um, another contract and get an asset back for one year, they could. The complication arises next year. And at that point, assuming you sign Nylander to something in the neighborhood of $6.5 assuming you sign Marner for maybe a little north of that, you sign Matthews to the same contract that Tavares has, um, then you start needing to make some moves in order to make the cap uh, work and to fill out the roster. Under kind of mild assumptions of the cap increasing, if it increases by two and a half million or so, uh, then the lease will not really have any major issues in terms of retaining players, but it might or retaining their key players, but it might get hard to, for example, re-sign Jake Gardner.
1: How important is Gardner? Because I think while well, one is, it's we're enamored with everything this team is possibly doing offensively. Still, some holes defensively.
2: Yeah, and I mean for a team that is not. Incredibly talented on the back end. Gardner is, at worst, their second best defenseman. Um, Gardner had terrible Game 7, and I think that soured him in the eyes of many fans, but he is still an incredible player. He scored 50 points last year, and those defensemen don't grow on trees. Losing him would certainly uh, not be ideal, even though he would be... I believe he he's a free agent next year, and be, he's 29 at that point, so you're, you're no longer getting really his super prime years, but it, it would still not be ideal. And the Leafs would be relying on uh, some internal development and maybe some, uh, I guess, undervalued free agents or trade acquisitions to do so. The other option that they have is uh, they could, if they make some trades to get rid of kind of the mediocre contracts that they currently have, and the most obvious one to look at is Nikita Zaitsev, then re-signing Gardner becomes possible. Then they can retain all of kind of their core pieces and also uh, re-sign Jake. Matt Martin, stone-cold lock to be t- traded this offseason? I would think so, yeah. And uh, as as I'm sure you guys have heard, there's there's been rumors from from Larry Brooks that he he has some value, which is <laughs> surprising to me, but I'll take it. Yeah, that blows my mind. NHL GMs
1: confuse the ever-loving crap out of me. I don't understand it. Me him. also.
0: I, I don't understand the NHL market, and I, I know I get flamed for that, but I just don't. I don't get it. I get the NBA. I get MLB. I, I get all those things. Actually, football's a little weird, too. But – when, when it comes to, like, evaluating player talent in the NHL, when you tell me he has his value, I'm like, well, how? What, what do you—I don't want the Rangers to—we'll take the salary if
2: you give us something, but I don't want the Rangers to give up anything for Matt Martin. Yeah, I mean, and Martin is—he's a competent fourth-line player, but I think you could get someone with his skill level. There's probably a bunch of free agents who can do similar things to Matt Martin on the ice. By all accounts, he's a phenomenal teammate, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be terribly interested in paying $2.5 on the cap or giving up an asset for someone who's a very good teammate and not a whole lot else. We did um, we did it, that already. It,
0: did. it was tender glass.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's weird. Um, I can see Martin having value to some teams, but for sure, if I was a GM, I would not want to pay an asset for him. I would want to receive an asset for him, as you, as you said. Right, yeah, absolutely. Like, Give
0: me a draft pick. I'll take him.
2: Middle, middle-tier middle
1: prospect, second-round pick, and we'll be happy to, one or the other. I'm not saying both. Yeah, not both. One of mm-hmm. one of those things will gladly just absorb the Matt Martin contract and give you back, what, like a, a fourth-round pick in return? And, like, don't worry. We're going to pick a goalie in the second round anyway. You don't need it.
2: <laughs> so it's not a big
1: deal. Exactly. What, um, Arvin, what was sweeter for you? And I, I think this is – okay, maybe not which was sweeter. Was the initial reaction to signing Tavares the pinnacle, or was it then seeing the Islanders giving four years and $3 million annually – to Leo Komarov
2: somewhere taking you to a next level of ecstasy? Oh, you know what? It's especially sweet because uh, it's Lou Lamorello. And I mean, look, I think Lou generally did a pretty good job with the Leafs, but I was never totally comfortable with him as the GM. Um, I think he made some unforced errors. And I also find, and this is me being, I guess, a millennial, I find his rules on like numbers and beards and like hair kind of draconian and kind of like, like, get out of here with that. I'm not. I'm not going to argue that one for sure. As a huge
0: Yankee fan, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I mean, it inhibits
0: greatness. It inhibits the yeah. wrong word. Uh, whatever. Go on though.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I honestly have no idea why they are signing that deal. That it make. What is the upside there? What is the upside there? I don't get it.
1: That's that's the other thing that confuses me. If if all of a sudden you lose Tavares and now your goal is to tank. I don't understand how. I, don't get me wrong. Leo Komarov will help make you a worse team over the next four years. But if you're
2: tanking, you don't give out four-year deals. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and and if the common argument against that is, oh well, Komarov wouldn't have accepted uh, like a one-year deal or two-year deal. Then, okay, don't sign uh, him. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. That is fine. No big deal. There are many players who can do similar things to Leo Komarov. And I, look, I love Komarov. He is so such a funny guy and you know everyone seems to have great stories about him and he's a character for sure and you know I understand we'll learn to love him as 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 a person as a player most of last season uh the Leaf fans biggest complaint was how much uh Babcock was overplaying Komarov he was playing him like a first-line winger he was getting more minutes at points of the year than Mitch Marner and William Nylander yes
1: yeah I and I I'm the guy who wrote an entire piece saying a two-year deal for Leo Komarov on the Rangers would be a good fit because, one, you need someone to play fourth-line center, and two, what you just said, he seems to be a good guy in the locker room. I have no idea why any team is giving 31-year-old Leo Komarov
2: four years when it's clear his last two years have gone from bad to worse. Yeah, I mean, that's a deal that, you know, I I think there's a better than 50% chance that it gets bought out.
1: Yeah, I, th- that's the thing. How many? How many of these contracts are the Islanders going to buy out? Though, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they have they have Komarov, Boychuk, Sizikis, Scott Mayfield. They have, and they just they paid so many-
0: Rick DiPietro yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they have so many guys. I don't. I don't. I don't know. And then the Islanders go off and just complicate things by signing Filppula. Um, yeah, I there and not only signing Philpola, they gave him a full no trade clause.
2: Yeah, so that that's weird to me. I mean, and they gave him a one year deal, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you can flip him at the deadline maybe, and then it's a no move. It's Like, okay, so I, I mean, I guess it's not that bad. Cause it's a one year deal. They need they need to sign someone to like play on the roster. But counterpoint, count do they just, <laughs> just promote someone from Bridgeport? Yeah, that also true. I mean, like if, if, if it's gonna be be if they time can't time find a roster road. spot for for josh hosang after all oh this. my god i i've been
1: i've been crowing for someone to save that kid for the last year straight the problem is he's
2: got no trade value i don't yeah. know how you, I, at this point i don't know how you can trade hosang yeah they, they've kind of done a good job of destroying that i mean and like he, he bears some blame for that too his numbers in the ahl are not anything spectacular um but bridgeport if i'm Correct me if I'm wrong. They're not also not a very good team. So. Oh, they've been a train wreck. Everything in Bridgeport is a train wreck. Have you ever been to Bridgeport? Don't. I've not. Don't.
0: Yeah, you're not. Okay. You're not about to go to Bridgeport.
2: Yeah, you, you don't.
1: <laughs> I, I would rather be stuck um, with a hundred dollars in my pocket and everybody knowing I have a hundred dollars in my pocket at one o'clock in the morning in Newark than I would at eight a.m. in Bridgeport. Challenge. Wow. <laughs> As someone that grew up 25 minutes away from Bridgeport, I will take that challenge. Okay. No problem. <laughs> All right. I have, I have said no. All right. Anyway, you get the point. Um, um, right. I'm guessing you don't miss Lou,
2: Arvin. Is this what we're really getting to? Yeah. I mean, look, again, I think he did a decent job in Toronto. He made two – two. there's three moves that he did here that were, you know, inarguably brilliant, and that was the FNUF trade, uh, the contract he signed Nazem Kaji to, and the contract he signed Morgan Riley to. Um, other than that, say, like, okay, thank you for those. I'm very happy with uh, the early returns of the Dubas era. It's been nice. It's been yeah. very nice. Are
0: you worried about the dreaded restricted free agent contract offer sheet?
2: No, because, I mean, I I, I would if this was the NBA. But NHL GMs are, they simply don't do it. The I mean, rumor
0: right now is that the Islanders will be offering sheeting someone on your team.
2: And knowing Lou, he'll offer sheet Freddie Gauthier instead of William Inlander. <laughs>
0: Um, so I, actually, I, was, I, I wish we would, we would offer sheep Nylander. I really do, but they, it'll I, never happen.
2: Yeah. And here's, so with the Islanders offer sheets specifically, the only, because of, you need to use your own picks for offer sheets. I think the only tier of offer sheet that they could provide or that they could send to Nylander is the one where, where they have to give up four firsts. <laughs> so it's like at that point, well, you know what, I, I'm perhaps the biggest William Nylander fan on the planet. Give four, me the four picks. four first though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That first next year
2: might be Hughes. Exactly. It, it literally might. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't take the offer sheet threat too seriously from the Islanders. From other teams, it's theoretically possible. But if no one offers sheeted Nikita Kucherov, if no one offers sheeted Hampus Lindholm, if no one offers sheeted Johnny Goodrow, I don't think they're going to offer sheet William Niedender. Yeah, yeah, that,
0: just, that, that, that needs to get changed in the new CBA because that's just... That's so annoying. For me I as a fan. I think just happy
2: keeping the cost down, to be honest. It's like, a, it's like just a uh, quid pro quo.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I'm the players, I got to be like, guys, uh, we're getting fucked Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. It, it's it's weird. I mean, you see in the NBA, like, teams give offer sheets all the time. Oh, oh, yeah. The all the time. Well, there's, the, there's Nets, a, the Nets did it two years ago and for $70 million. It,
1: Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not a penalty for giving an offer sheet in the NBA, That's though, right? That's correct. Because, well, it's, there's only two rounds
0: of draft picks, so it's not like
1: – Yeah. yeah. So there isn't a penalty? The, the penalty is all of a sudden the team
2: might be able to match.
0: The penalty like is all of a sudden you play you paid Alan Krebs seventy million dollars. Are you okay?
2: Yeah. The the only other penalty is that like I think in the NBA teams have like I don't know let's say forty eight hours to respond and they will and you're during that time your cap space is tied up you can't make other moves. So if you offshoot someone at the start of free agency, the team just to stick it to you the team that you a player of is going to wait the full forty eight hours to match. So your cap space is useful. That's what Houston did to the Knicks with Jerry Relind. Yeah,
0: honestly,
2: the NBA is so much more. I guess fun from a GM's, from a a fanalist perspective, where there's so many. The decisions seem to be so much more intricate, and there's so many more layers to them. And part of that is because the NBA CBA is ridiculously complex. But it's also that GMs are just braver.
0: Oh yeah, people will take risks because they, if in the NBA, like. You know, you're not winning a title. I mean, that's, there's kind of a rumor, well, not a rumor, but like the parity in the NHL is isn't really there either. Like the same five or six teams have won in the last. You no, know, with the Caps yeah. doing it this year, but you know, it's mostly been the Penguins and the Blackhawks and the Kings. So, uh, but the
2: things the parity is more in the teams that like get far in the play. Like you can convince yourself if you're an NHL team that hey, we just need to make it to the playoffs, or we just need to make make it so that we're a top ten team, and then we have a real shot. Oh yeah, Whereas,
0: I, I do feel that way. Whereas if I'm I'm a Knicks fan. Or right, I'm like, all right. Well, let's be realistic. I I do root for the Spurs, right? Kawhi Leonard. Let's say he stays a spur. There's no way the Spurs win the title. Yeah. No way. Exactly. There's no chance. Like you're the Rockets and the Houston, uh, the Rockets and the Warriors exist. And uh, no matter what my team
2: does, they'll lose. Yeah, And that's it. I'm I'm, I'm a Raps fan. We had our best regular season ever. We we're the first seed. Recipes. Yeah. <laughs> all the statistical indicators said, hey, this is a really good team. And I believe we were a legitimately very good team. We were maybe this. Fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the league. It's a very strong team. Oh, for sure. We got destroyed in the
0: playoffs. Yeah, you got dad, dick player, LeBron James.
2: Exactly. We like we got we got destroyed.
0: Uh,
2: it that's just in the NBA, you can't delude yourself into thinking you're a contender.
0: But if you, in, you, you in, can, in the, the NHL, NBA you could delude yourself super easy because if you have a hot goaltender, I mean, Brayton Hope he played out of his mind, and and yeah. that, that was what that plus some timely goals and nice offense led to the Capitals winning their first serious Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, this, this was, was their the worst was there a hotter goaltender than Marc-Andre Fleury in the first three rounds of the Absolutely playoffs? Absolutely not. Yeah, n- for sure not. Um, just to bring it back to Tavares for a second, yeah. Arvin, are you worried at all that the Toronto media is going to eat Tavares up alive? Good
2: question, Greg. Um, I mean, I'd like to say no. It, it is a possibility. Um, I think if the team is doing well, it won't happen. If the team does badly, there are are a lot of easy clicks to be had and a lot of easy stories stories to make about how Tavares isn't living up to the deal or whatever, you know, that's, and at some point he's going to have a 10 game goalless streak and the knives will be out. This will be mitigated if the team is good. And I think the team will be pretty good.
0: You guys are but, yeah, I believe third in the favorites to win the Stanley cup next year.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I actually think that's a little bit high. Like I, I think, I think, the Leafs are kinda of like the Cowboys in the NFL in that like we if they're any ever legitimately good, there's always just gonna be a a, lot, a bunch of money coming in on them to win, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. I, I I'd say right now we're like the fifth best team in the league, roughly. Who'd you would have above put
0: you? Like, So you'd put it up. You have Nashville, the Sharks? Uh not
2: not the sure. Sharks. I'd have Nashville, I'd have Tampa, okay. uh probably Winnipeg, and maybe Boston. Whoa. You, I Boston. Think, I Boston you think Boston's really is that good? good? Uh, yeah, I thought Boston was re- really, really good. I know I know they lost in the second round, but I thought Boston was really, really good. Um, and the Leafs took them to seven, but Boston was like the better team at every point in that series. So, I mean, y- you could put the Leafs up to four. I wouldn't really complain, but I do think there are teams that are better than the Leafs right now still.
1: And that's mostly coming from the defense?
2: It's something lacking? Yeah, Um and It's not necessarily like the defensemen specifically, but just the fact that the Leafs, as a defensive team, you know, and that includes the forwards and that includes the coaching and the, the tactics. They were they were a bad defensive team last year, uh, and there's no two ways about it. So, you know, that that has to get fixed to some degree. I don't think they have to become the Predators. I don't think they have to become you know the late '90s Devils, but they need to get to the point that they're I think around average. And I'm hoping as as a fan, I. I'm hoping a lot of it comes down to kind of the tactics that the team employs and Mike Babcock. Um, I think last year his tactics were a little controversial um, and especially his deployment of defensemen was, was not always ideal. So that could potentially be a cause for, but yeah, there's still legitimate cause for concern. I think Uh, one of the biggest problems that Leafs had is that, they had so much trouble exiting the zone with control, and especially when the puck was with their right-sided defensemen, who are not very good with the puck, just generally speaking. And Teferas is great, but he's not going to necessarily help too much with that specific problem. Well, uh, and not playing for-
0: defense. I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
2: So that I mean, that's a, that's a real problem that that still exists. And the Leafs, their their forward depth is perhaps unmatched in the league. But yeah, they they have real flaws. Calvin DeHaan almost makes too much sense for the Leafs. It does, but the only way they can do that... I mean, DeHaan's going to have multi-year offers on the table, so unless he's okay taking a one-year... The Leafs really can't afford a mo- to give anyone a multi-year deal at this point, mm. um, And w- if they want to retain everyone, if they want to retain uh, Neander, Marner, Matthews, and keep Kadri and Riley as well.
1: Well, um, let's, let's, let's talk out uh, completely... Hypo- I want to just state for everybody that this is a complete hypothetical. We're not saying this is possible... We're not saying this is likely. It is just two guys talking theoretical trades that could or might work. Yeah. What else on top of Brady Shea would the Rangers have to offer in order to get
2: Nylander? Okay. So, um, we're, so with the caveat that I don't think any trade would happen for Neilander. if I think right. there is a world where we do trade Nylander, by the way, I just think if it happens, it'll happen next year, not this year. Correct. Right. Um. So, the first thing I asked for from Kaltubis, and I know I know you guys would say no to this, but the first thing I think I asked for is Philip Yeah, it's yeah, a big note. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I figured, I figured.
0: That's a, <laughs> I wanted, yeah, yeah, we'll think about it. And we text you, we hang up the phone, we text you. No.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any player necessarily on the Rangers that is quote unquote untouchable. Mm-hmm. But if you were to find one to be the closest, I think
2: it's Heatel. Yeah, and I it I understand why. I, I really like Heatle. Um I saw the Leafs played the Rangers pretty early into the last season, and he was he was on the roster at that point. I, his NHL numbers are not good, but he was 18 and kind of clearly out of his depth. But his numbers in Hartford uh, are fairly impressive for someone that young. And from what you told me, Hartford is not a terribly talented team. Otherwise, oh no, um, oh no, 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 yeah. So he, he he's someone actually very interested in in general. Who I would like. Other than that, like, so it would have to be. So if, if they were to make a or a Shea swap, I think what would have to get added is some high-value picks or high-value prospects. So the other guys who I know of in the Ranger system are Elias Anderson and Vitaly Kutsov.
1: I think there's a way... I, I think Anderson's pretty close to being untouchable too. Um, I think the Rangers, their first offer would probably be uh, Shea, Buchnevich... Two first rounders and
2: someone like Sean Day. I think that's the Rangers' first offer. That's honestly not like a terrible offer. Um Yeah, that, that, that's that's not that's not awful. Um especially because Bucnevich is also a right winger, correct? I believe so, so. Yep. And yeah, he's, so he should be getting top six minutes. Yeah, so you'd replace Ninander with Bucnevich. That's a that's a downgrade, but it's not it's not like Bucchinevich is chopped liver. He's a he's a good player who projects to be kind of a top six guy. That's correct. Um Shay, Uh, i think right now is kind of a a pretty solid second pairing guy who potentially has like low end top pair potential kind of like jake gardner where i think like on on a super stacked team jake gardner's on your second pair and killing it and then like if he's on on a a mediocre team he's like he's your second best defenseman or at least on a mediocre defense core he's like your second best defenseman which is what the leafs have um the one complicating thing is Shea is a left-handed d correct uh yes yeah yes. and that's that's the side where the Leafs are stronger um even if you discount Gardner they have uh Travis Dermott who we would hope can develop into a top four role there anyways um mm-hmm. so so Shea's an imperfect match in that way but yeah I mean the the deal you mentioned if the Leafs do decide to trade Neander, it's not it's not that's not an awful deal that's like that's not a deal I'm happy about Um, but it's not a deal where I think, oh, wow, we just got Hall for Larson.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really help the Rangers because right now the Rangers' clear biggest problem is defense. So trading probably a second-line defenseman from a team that has uh, only one other second-line defenseman and nobody who can play legitimate top-pairing minutes right now, Uh, tough sell for the New York Rangers. Yeah. But at the same time, we're talking about William Nylander, and that's a. I, he might not be a generational talent, but if there's a just a small step below that, I think that's where you find Nylander.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really, 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 really high on Nylander. I, I think he is just he's absolutely unbelievable, and I think his his numbers. I mean, his numbers are good. You you look at it as a 22 year old, he got um or sorry, 21 year old, he got uh, 61 points. It's very very solid number. But if you're just looking at 61 points, that doesn't scream out incredible. But when you dig deeper, he's someone who gets more and more impressive. Um, The vast, vast majority of his points were at even strength. If you look at his uh, points per 60, they were, I think it was around 30th or 40th in the league among forwards. So pretty close to elite by that metric. Mm -hmm. Um, What happened was that his power play unit with him and Austin Matthews didn't click this year. And there's a variety of reasons for that. But that's a much more solvable than someone who can't score at even strength. And then you look into like the micro stats that people like Ryan Stimson track with, with the passing project and he grades out, you know, equal and even better than Austin Matthews in many of these categories. And I don't think he's better than Matthews, but I think he is just legitimately so, so talented. Um, he, he really does have top 20 forward in the world potential. I, I, I legitimately think that. and I think, um, I think people underrate him. I think people underrate him specifically with respect to Marner, um, who is also incredible. But Marner is kind of accepted as being pretty much untouchable, as a you know, by Leafs fans and by the media here. Whereas Neilander is always kind of the one that our local media tries to trade, um, and it doesn't make sense to me because they're they're such similar players in terms of the value that they provide.
1: Yeah, so. I, I, anytime you want to put Neilander in a trade rumor, i will happy. To throw
2: you an offer to try and get him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really, really he's really something. and yeah, I, mean, I, it
0: would be, I just want to be at the table. That's all I'm asking. Like, just, <laughs> just let me be like, please pass that. And then when you say no? It's totally fine.
2: Yeah, and you know what? This is part of why I'm glad Dubis is involved because I, I think the this is one thing I believe about Dubis. He he wouldn't. He's not going to make a a trade to allocate from forwards to defense unless he's getting value for it. So I mean, we saw with the with the Hall for Larson deal, for example, that. Edmonton accepted 60 cents on the dollar because they were like, we need to get a defenseman and like, damn the costs. We need to get a defenseman. And they, lo- they lost pretty big on that deal. I think, and I'm sure you guys would agree that that's a big mistake to make, giving up on value just to address a positional need. <laughs> They're still looking for a defenseman, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and they might trade Clef bomb, who knows? Oh, please, please.
1: There's nothing I want more in this world than Clef bomb.
2: All right, well, it looks like you're gonna have a
0: great off season. You know, we'll be over here driving this tank. So if you need, if you need us, we're trying, We're going for the number one pick, and if yeah. uh, I, I think that's really where we're trying to head.
1: You uh, call us up when you when you really want to trade Matt Martin because he can live on our fourth line any day of the week for your second round pick.
2: Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to outbid uh, the the guys who lost out on Ryan Reeves, unfortunately. <laughs> we're we're the guys who lost out on Ryan Reeves. Well the guys who lost them on Ryan Reeves and are willing to give us like a fifth rounder or something. Yeah. I well, still can't if that happens, you know, so when that signing happened back in like in twenty sixteen or whatever, um I wrote a piece that was that was titled, Yes the Matt Martin contract is stupid and that got that got the most hate out of any piece I've ever written ever. Um I I had like people on Reddit just like flamed me for it. And I largely stand by everything I said there. But one thing I did say is I'm not sure the Leafs will be able to get out of this deal very easily if it does go south. Now the deal has gone south and that Martin's quite clearly not one of the Leafs eight best wingers, but it looks like they're going to be able to get out of it pretty easily. So I was wrong on that.
0: Well, yeah, of course he's got value. We we, we talked <laughs> about this already, Arvin. Jesus.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: what, what a world the NHL off season is. It is, it's a fascinating ride. And I guess the last note we'll end on with you, Arvin. <laughs> um, Obviously, you're not concerned at all about losing Tyler Bozak, but why were you and I, two of the people, freaking out about Riley Nash apparently getting underpaid?
2: Yeah, it's weird to me because, I mean, you, you with free agency, you always see guys kind of get paid beyond their their value and paid for kind of an anomalous year. And I think as a Leafs fan, David Clarkson's kind of burned into my memory as an example of that, right, where he had 130 goal year um, and – the Leafs kind of paid him for that third goal year that happened in the past. And it's weird because Nash had, Nash had a really, really nice year with Boston. He was on a good team. He's defensively responsible. He, he's not the type of guy who you would think gets undervalued. But yeah, the, the deal he got with Columbus was, was really nice. And I, I prefer it to the Bozak deal. Bozak is kind of an interesting player in that I think he's, he's, he has a lot of value and most third-line centers cannot put up you know, 45, 50 points. But you need to use him in a very particular way. You need to shelter him like crazy because he's so bad defensively.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a knock to say Riley Nash was every bit as good as Bozak last year. Like, I don't think that's a slight to no. Bozak at all. The difference is, to me, Bozak's entering his age thirty three season, and Riley mm-hmm. Nash is still twenty
2: nine. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I I don't quite get it, but I I guess I guess points always sell, and maybe I I think Nash had the opportunity to play a bit higher up this year right because of injuries to to Bergeron so Mm -hmm. I guess maybe people just discounted his points as being a function of like if he got to play with Pasternak or Marchand (laughs) oh
1: man look at that we gave a guy an opportunity he overperformed that we're going to blame it on him actually yeah
2: (laughs) yeah it's it's weird I I, I'm I I really I really don't know Nash is much more versatile too like yeah i I I like Bozak. I'm happy he got paid. I'm just happy. I'm also happy that we weren't the ones paying him.
0: Yeah, probably a good idea. Arvin, before we go, plug your stuff.
2: All right, so you can follow me on Twitter at RV, A-R-V-I. You can uh, listen to- Hold
0: on. What a great username on Twitter. That's it? I didn't realize it was uh, that
2: short. Yeah, you know what? So um, my brother actually got that for me as a birthday present one. So it's a very nice birthday present.
0: Wow, that's (laughs) I didn't
2: originally have that. He He had to convince- the guy who is uh, squatting on it to give it up. <laughs> Fuck squatters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can listen to my least podcast with another writer from pensionpanpuppets.com. It's called Back to Excited. And you can find all my writing at pensionpanpuppets.com.
0: If you ever need some ranger takes, and I don't know why you would, hit us up. <laughs> we'll do. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later. Thank you. And we have James Duffy from PT Isles. James, you've been on the show a bunch of times. You're a, our local Islander fan expert. You, you know, what's it like feeling pain and suffering?
3: Yeah, I think this is my third time, so now it's a serial offense that I've been on this podcast too much. Um, pain and suffering is really great. Uh, I, I love it a lot. It's, it's one of my favorite moods now. So I'm all in on pain and suffering. It, it helps the brand, I think.
0: It, it feels good on the whole and as a whole. And let me tell you, right now we were just talking right before the podcast that Eric Carlson could be signing at any moment for an 8 times 11 deal. Uh, eight, that For everyone who doesn't understand math, that's 8 years, $11 million, uh, each year. Mm-hmm. And it could be the Rangers, it could be the Islanders, but let's say it's probably most likely the Vegas Knights, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, so we know that the Islanders and Rangers, as well as probably at least eight other teams are in on Eric Carlson right now, quote unquote in, and the Sens are giving teams permission to talk to him about a potential extension should they acquire him. So it's looking more and more like Eric Carlson's going to get traded in the coming days and potentially in the coming minutes as we as we keep recording, but if any team's gonna do it, it's gonna be Vegas. Allegedly, you know, Vegas has been in on Carlson the entire time. There was talks they were in on Tavares. They want to make a big splash and, and land a player like Carlson that puts them from best expansion team of all time to best team in the league.
1: I feel like you've been with us for less than five minutes, and I haven't uttered the name John Tavares yet.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, talk talk, um, talk me through your day. Let, let's 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 go through that day for you. Have, how did it start? I know how it ended, but let's, yeah. let, let's go through the, the run of emotions here.
3: So, it, okay, Sunday, July 1st, right? Worst day of my life, probably. Um, I, I kind of came to peace. I came to terms with God around midnight the night before that, all right, the, the deadline has passed. Tavares did not sign eight years with the Islanders. He's pretty much gone. But still, I woke up for the third day in a row that week where people were expecting a Tavares decision, and there was not one early in the morning um i figured it was gone i cranked up the meme factory and got it ready for him to be gone so that was uh locked and loaded when he finally did leave but holy shit it still hurt i was prepared all year and it still fucking hurt and the fact that he went on to not only so first of all right he goes radio silence for the entire week. We hear nothing. The entire, Like the entire free agency period, period. Absolutely silence from everybody involved, which I've never seen before in a situation like this. And then we get finally some of the reports that it's down to the Leafs and the Islanders, whatever, but teams haven't been notified yet. We find out Sunday morning it's the Leafs and it's not the Islanders and the entire franchise is sunk. And then John Tavares himself tweets a screenshots from his notes app thanking the fans and immediately tweets a picture of himself in Leaf's full stuff as a kid and says, not every day you get to live your childhood dream. He murdered the New York Islanders and danced on their grave within 15 minutes. The best part about it is I think he has no idea that he did that. Like, I know. Like,
0: I know. He thinks he it's did crazy. absolutely nothing wrong. Like, thanks, guys. Like, he he couldn't wait. He tweeted it. No joke. I think I saw the tweet, and it was two minutes later. And, when, and this is the best part, Duffy. I was on his Twitter. It said, uh, yeah. it, it it's him and the Leafs thing and his Twitter bio said hockey player for the New York Islanders.
3: Yep. And, and I was then, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and then pretty quickly after that if you uh, swiped up and reflect, refreshed it would have said hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs which is two the later. worst sentence I can imagine. Yes.
1: Now, Duff's, I gotta, I gotta ask a difficult question. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I do this from a place of love. Yep. I, I, have, I have nothing but admiration for you as a human being. This... Is Garth Snow's fault, right?
3: It's Garth Snow's fault. It is Scott Malkin's fault. And it's John Tavares' fault. That's the the order I'm going to put that in. Um, I think the owners need a lot of blame here. But at the end of the day, from kind of what I'm piecing together from a lot of different people and a lot of different reports, is that John Tavares straight up fucked the Islanders. They had every reason to think that he was coming back until the moment that he decided not to. And that is egregious so snow obviously should have built a winner for a long time ahead of this we didn't get to this point the owners should have fired snow way earlier so again that we didn't get to this point but what it looks like is Tavares was just kind of straight up misleading people until the moment he left
1: here's here's my thing um the day you don't get a hard commitment from him last summer yeah you shop him
3: Absolutely. And but, the, and on the trade deadline, you put a contract in front of him and say, eight years, $88 million, sign or leave. And you trade him then if he doesn't sign. It really yeah. is that simple, but...
1: It's a, it's, a tough pill. it's a tough pill to swallow. We're talking right. about not just not just a star player, but the clear face of the franchise, your captain. Absolutely. The, basically, one of the, if not the only reason to root for the Islanders over the last eight years or so. Mm-hmm. I, if he doesn't sign the contract and he says he wants to weigh all his options... To me, that's him saying he's leaving, and you have to get rid of him.
3: Yeah, and again, we don't know all the internal conversations and what kind of confidence might have been inspired behind closed doors. But also the rumors have come out that Tavares reportedly asked not to be traded at the deadline, which still, it's not his call to make. It's the nope. owners and the general manager that should be saying, well, whatever, John, if you're not resigning, you have to go. But again... I think there was a greater sense than we've been getting that the Islanders were pretty sure he was coming back and then he didn't. So a lot of the moves they made were kind of on that assumption that ended up being wrong and they were misled.
0: Well, the good, the, the good news is that you didn't trade for Pacioretty when you probably right. could have, and then you wouldn't have gotten Wallstrom or Dobson, which was a great draft for you. But uh, but also the bad news is that maybe that Pacioretty thing would have enticed John Tavares to stay. Now, I doubt it. I, right. I, I really think he was set on Toronto. I don't. I don't think there was. What's that? Once he tweeted that picture of him, his childhood dream picture. I was like, oh, this guy's known the whole yeah. time. I
3: mean, he had been waiting to drop that picture the second that he signed.
0: Yeah, he's known the whole time. So I mean, maybe you consider the Sharks and the Islanders because those are the two teams I, I believe he really truly considered. But at the end of the day, like he was like, I could play in my childhood dreams with my family nearby yeah, right. in a stadium that really cares about hockey, or I could play in Brooklyn and then go to Belmont and f- play in front of like some people that come out every night. Like, you could get Islander tickets for like season tickets for like two thousand dollars. It's yeah. it's insane. So I, I mean, I, I can't go to a like two, I can't go to four Ranger games for thousand dollars. It's it's fucking yeah. mind I
3: mean, I mean, take Islander tickets are going to be like eight bucks this year, which is absolutely dope. But like you said, which is I like think four dollars I mean, less than last year. Exactly, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, he's been he, all he's been saying since the moment he signed there was this was my childhood dream, which he might as well have just said. All I've ever wanted was to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and I didn't want to be an Islander because it's not like he suddenly one day at 27 years old walked into that meeting with Kyle Dubas and said, oh, "I wanted this when I was a child, and now I finally want it again." He always wanted this, and and the moment that it was in his sights and not just a pipe dream. He was looking for every excuse to be able to get there and do it. And I I can't oh. blame him to be honest with you. Oh yeah,
0: and, I, and I'm not saying <laughs> that like as an Islander hater, and I am. Um, but I just got like at this point, like Garth Snow, you guys, you guys just didn't put anything around him. You, like, you tried, but man, there was just like you guys were never even like a serious contender during his period there. And I if I'm if I'm John Tavares, like why wouldn't I want to go and play in front of crazed, insane hockey fans and take the shit all day long?
1: Yeah, oh, so yeah. How many how many fourth liners are you guys going to sign this off season? I'm yeah, just they're 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 bulking up on the bottom six. I'm just seeing the news about Tom Kuhnackel.
3: What I I'm convinced Lula Murillo has never heard of Corsi before. He has actually signed three historically bad possession players. Um, they're all maybe decent penalty killers from what I'm gathering. I haven't obviously seen a ton of them, but uh, wow, Valteria Filippula, Leo Komarov. And Tom Kuhnhockle, so far, is our answer to John Tavares walking out the door. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe he's tanking on purpose. Lose savvy like that. And uh, you don't give four-year contracts to players that are part of a tank, every, t- so. every time I convince myself they're tanking, I go, wait, but he gave Komarov four fucking years.
1: Here's, here's uh, almost as important a question as everything that transpired with Tavares. Uh, you, and just about every other Islander fan, Cloud nine, the day Lou Lamorello signed, and the day Garth mm-hmm. stepped down. Uh, how, where are you now? What, how do, how do you feel now about Lou?
3: Do, do clouds still come with numbers when you're not on cloud nine? Because this is like cloud negative forty-seven. I think you could say you guys you had a great
0: see. week last week. It was like, yeah, we got Walls from Dobbs, so we got top ten towns. Oh, Our draft awesome. was insane. Are you me? And, was now, and now, and <sighs> now it's really good that your draft was insane because welcome to rebuild town. You're driving the tank with us.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun, and I can't wait until you guys' rebuild goes way better because I think the Islanders are cursed. And I don't want to say this because it's, it's July 2nd. There's a lot to come, and any minute now, Eric Carlson will be a New York Islander. But it is possible that 75-year-old Lou Lamarillo, who has not won anything of worth in 15 years, has lost a step or two in how to run a team in the modern NHL.
1: How angry are you going to be? Is it going to be mixed that you're going to get Carlson but have to trade both Dobson and Wallstrom?
3: Uh, we're going to eat the Bobby Ryan contract because we ended up not giving $13 million to that dumb idiot who works with Pat Brisson, so we can actually <laughs> afford both of them.
1: Yeah, but you are giving Cobra off $3 million a year.
3: Ah! And, and we're giving Clutterbuck at $3 million and and is $3 million, uh, but at least our fourth line is not making $11 million this year.
1: How many players are the Islanders buying out after the lockout? Six?
3: Uh, I would say however many to legalize them, to. All of them? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> it's it's look, Komarov,
1: Sizikis, Clutterbuck, Mayfield. Those feel like hey, slam dunks to me.
3: Mayfield and Pelic are at least not making any money, but they're signed for five years. Oh my I God. mean, they also, just gave, they also just gave Thomas Hickey a four-year deal. The Islanders, no matter who's in charge, seem to love locking up bottom pair defensemen because it's not like that's the most flexible position in hockey where you can scoop up anybody to fill that role. No, you can't.
0: Because we scooped up Steve Camper and it didn't work. So yeah, but you oh,
3: guys God. have had some scoops in the past that worked out pretty well.
1: Uh, not recently,
0: but yeah, I mean we had like yeah. Adam Kudetting, Steve Camper didn't really you know do Neil much Pionk. Like
1: Kevin Kevin Klein
3: worked for the first couple of years. I have heard, I have heard some whispers that Neil Pionk is better than Bobby Orr. So well, yeah. yeah. Ah, so you, so you've been on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I follow that guy at FitzGSN underscore. He's a know piece know of him. shit. I don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah. Of him. He's, He's uh he might hey, be fake as you, well. You know what's the crazy
0: part? I was about to say that is like no one knows what he looks like. <laughs> I don't think he, I think he's another burner account.
3: He he's Woj Woj's burner.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. It's, it's insane.
1: I I love this. I I cannot think or compare the Islanders' last forty eight hours to any other sports
3: franchise in the in the history oh, of I sports. Can,
0: I can. It's the first time LeBron left.
3: It's the first time LeBron left, and maybe it's when KD left Oklahoma City. But the first time LeBron left, they still had draft picks, right? That's true. Yeah, um, I mean, what they- it's, also, it's also such a different sport, right? Because, like, obviously the Cavs were going to have the first overall pick the next year, and that was Kyrie, right? Like, it, it's way different. Yeah, because- obviously
0: because it wasn't rigged. Got it. Right, right. That <laughs> not like it's rigged or anything. Yeah, it's but, definitely I mean, not rigged. Definitely not rigged.
3: This is a move that unless something drastic happens, sets them back five years, no question. Whereas in the NBA, like, one player can turn you back into a playoff team. So, pretty then, quickly. so then here's my counterpoint, Duff. Like, if he did end up staying, like, what was your play for contention? There is is there there is such a path for contention if John Tavares stays on this team. It, it, because I think when you look at him leaving, you have to look at so much of what that actually means. It's not just losing your first line center who is also your leading, goals, your leading goals or your leading scorer overall tied with Barzal last year, you are then having to move Barzal to the top line, losing your second-line center. Your second-line center becomes Brock Nelson. You lose the the, the kind of productivity you're going to get from Anders Lee and Josh Bailey if they're surrounded by John Tavares. Your, your entire offense gets dramatically worse just from that alone, and you don't consider the fact that he also plays power play. He kills penalties. I mean, there's so much that they lost when they lost him that – that alone takes them from a wild card contender to a bottom five team. And that wild card contender with John Tavares was two moves away from actually threatening a weak metro, I think.
1: The Islanders still would have had north of $15 million to spend in free agency, right? Yep. yep. Could have, I don't know if you find a goalie on the free agent market, but there are goalies you could find in trade. Yeah.
3: I mean, Ryan I, Leonard's still out there. They've had some struggles. I mean, a lot of goalies are already off the board, and I wonder too. I don't mean to cut you off, but I wonder if Tavares resigns, let's say last Friday, does Carter Hutton turn down more money from the Islanders to go to Buffalo? That changes things.
1: That that that's a point as well. Um, I I'm not going to lie. I, I I mean, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? We're happy with Wallstrom and Dobson as the two mm-hmm. first-round picks. I don't know why you don't pull the trigger on a Pachera trade. I don't get it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, Lou, it's something that kind of I've always known, and now I'm really seeing it with, with my team. It's He's kind of a very strong line in the sand guy, and I think a line he drew in the sand was, I'm not trading these first-round picks when these guys are on the board. Um, he you know, he, he told the Caps he wouldn't trade a first for Grubauer, and I bet when it got to 11 and Wallstrom and Dobson were there, he said, nope, deal's off. I'm not doing it because I'm taking these guys instead, and that was something that, you know, line in the sand that he drew for himself and he wasn't going to go back on.
1: There have to be positives with the Islanders still, right? Barzal is still there. Uh,
3: until, until he leaves for the expansion Seattle team to go back home. <laughs>
1: uh, outside of Barzal and the two kids, what, do you, what are you looking forward to? Is Josh Hossain going to be set free finally?
3: Uh, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to be a harder ass than Garth Snow, it's Lou Lamarillo. So there's, there's no good chance that he kind of still keep, gets the short end of the stick. But also maybe he gets finally disciplined properly and becomes a real NHL player. We'll see about that. Um, I I think Ryan Pollock's going to have a great season, finally getting consistent top four minutes for a full year, even on what shapes out to be a bad defense. But uh, I I think the Islanders genuinely believe, and I do as well, that Barry Trotz alone can take the same defense they had last year and make it 50% better. Um, I don't even think that's going to be a question. So that alone is exciting, even if they don't end up making moves on defense, just seeing what they really have with a good coach. And then – I like Anthony Beauvillier a lot, but I think his production is going to decrease without Barzal on his on his center um, if that ends up being the way it plays out. But there isn't a ton to love about the Islanders right now.
0: I look really, I for one, truly look forward to our Rangers Islanders meetup this year where we can go uh, ahead and cry together.
3: Yeah, it's we're both going to be what like twenty and thirty five that generous. late in the season, so That's it's generous. going to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I paid the as at 25 wins yesterday, so I'm, I might have to down or upgrade that depending on the next few days. Oof.
1: Yeah, I, I was doing the math last night, um, trying to think of just how bad the Rangers are,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: th- that defense is going to be an abomination. I, it, as Even if everyone improves, they still have maybe four NHL <laughs> defensemen, and none mm-hmm. of them should be on a top-line pairing right now. Um I the the Rangers problem is they want a tank but their forwards are too good and they have a guy named Henrik Lundqvist. So at the end of the day, best case scenario, the Rangers are probably the seventh worst team in the NHL. The
3: Islanders have a legitimate claim to one of the top 3 spots being the worst team in the NHL. Hold on wait, just so we're on the same page, am I supposed to pity the Rangers because they're too good to be the worst team in hockey?
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I just wanted, I just wanted to make sure. I just yeah, wanted to make we're sure. trying awesome. to take, and we can't do it. Can't awesome. Do it. Yeah, we have-
3: it's it must be so hard being being a Rangers fan. It must be so. hard. It's tough. It's tough. It's it really tough. is. It's tough for us. It's tough. We have some real assholes we
1: have to deal with on the Twitter sphere too.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh I, I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, I, I, I've seen them all. But the good news is, is that your guys' biggest asshole doesn't like Slava Boynov, but the Islanders' Twitter biggest asshole loves Slava Boynov. Wow, that's so a problem. Do you guys get another uh, another one up on for the Rangers on that one. Uh, well, we do win them all, I guess.
0: All
1: right. Well, James, <laughs> th-
0: must th- be. Th- thanks for coming on. But we'll see you soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Later, buddy. And we're back.
1: No, no warning on that one. No,
0: no. You're, I was being disloyal to you.
1: <laughs>
0: that's funny see what I did there very
1: nice very we were, nice hey we were um, the option was out there for a third guest today he just didn't want to come on hey
0: listen we invited a third guest on he didn't want to come on I get it like, no. sometimes you don't sometimes you don't want to
1: talk you take we're just taking it too seriously man
0: well yeah we're just you're just hey man listen you want to debate because I'll debate as long as you keep it civil but also I'm not going to keep it civil
1: No, oh, it's fucking ridiculous you don't think if you think I'm not going to keep it civil let's talk about the forum Because this is how this all started.
0: Okay, yeah. So, uh, if you listen to the ad part of this podcast, which you probably skipped, and I don't blame you. uh, I talked about how we're going to have a forum, which is going to be us, Bantering the Blue Shirts, and the Garden Faithful podcast. A live show in New York City on August 25th at a place to be decided for a price to be decided. Uh, And the price will be relatively low. We're talking like 20 bucks here.
1: And we're, uh, uh, we're. I, I, am comfortable saying we're talking exactly twenty bucks, and that twenty bucks will come with a beverage that is included. Twenty in bucks and
0: a beer in the forum, and what's going to happen is, uh, we're going to have all three of the major podcasts that I, I we feel are the major podcasts in the Rangers community, and there's some others, of course. Uh, but at this particular event, it'll be the, us three, and we will be discussing all things Rangers on uh for the upcoming year. It'll be a great time. You'll be able to ask questions. We'll have a bunch of different uh, topics we'll go over. And for people who cannot come, we're going to try and record it or stream it or something. But at this point in time, I have literally no promises because there's actually still a lot I have to figure out with Greg off air.
1: There's only one way to guarantee being a part of this forum, and that's by coming. And we will have plenty more information on it coming up in the coming days. I am just dotting T's and crossing I's on the location it will be in New York City. Um, I feel confident to say I will be able to tell everybody where it is on next week's podcast. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we announced it today. I'm very excited for it. Ryan pretty, pretty and I – been the worst for a while. We, we've, been, we've been thinking about it for a long time. We're putting our thoughts into action. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing it with people that we, one, have relationships with, and we have relationships, obviously great relationships with Woj and Fitz over at garden faithful they've been on here we've been on there it's a good tit for tat literally figuratively um joe and mike have done things for blue shirt bantering the blue shirts that i think have made us better podcasters but for people thinking and there are a few thinking that the six of us are going to agree on everything oh you don't
0: you're very much wrong
1: how ryan we've We've called Joe out by name on this podcast I, multiple we, times. We called
0: Joe out and we were at the draft and then we were just subtweeting Joe. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we don't agree on a lot of things with Joe. The no. difference is we disagree. It's not like I want to kill the guy. I'm
0: not about here to murder Joe. We're talking hockey. I don't care we're right talking anymore.
1: hockey. We're talking Rangers hockey. We have different ideas about this team moving forward. And Joe is very set in his ways. We are very set in our ways. And that creates a clash. If people are thinking that the six of us are going to get on the stage and just fluff each other, you don't understand us. And you also don't understand the history the six of us have with
0: each other. And also, if you don't want to watch six men fluff each other, are you even paying? Like, come on.
1: And it's it's also – we should also mention that we have a moderator for this event who – Ethan Levy with Gotham Sports Network. He is specifically not a Ranger fan so that he can ask questions that aren't going to be easy to answer. I didn't want a Ranger fan moderating this. I want. I wanted an outsider to really pry us for information, Again, not informed information. No, but information, but just our opinions on shit, nonetheless. Yeah. So, and I will say this because there was obviously a massive fucking Twitter fight today that was at a just inconvenient time for me, uh, I, and I think everybody. I was at work, but I smiled. I I, I was getting my swell on. No big deal. Yeah, no big uh, deal. I was sweaty a little bit. I was getting um, a bit buff. Here's the thing. We didn't Greg invite sick, Blue Shirt Underground to this. Oh wow, we're going over this? Form. Yeah, I'm going fucking over this. We're okay. go, w- w- why avoid the elephant in the room? That, uh-huh. We've never done that. Why would we start now?
0: No, we the guys were like, How come you didn't invite Blue Shirt Underground? And I was like, We don't man, have a relationship
1: we, with that. We didn't I don't the, know them. We did not
0: forget. I promise we did not forget you. We didn't even think about you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you could take that any way you want. I don't know Blue Shirt Underground from a fucking hole in the ground. I don't know anything about them. I know what people have told us about them, and it has not been very rosy, but I've never listened. I've never interacted. I don't know shit about what those guys do.
0: Yeah, I interact and, with Joe Woj and Fitz every day of my life.
1: And here, here's the thing it is a two way street, right? At some point, you or I could have reached out to Blue Shirts Underground to kind of figure out what they're all about, but they never really presented us a reason to do it. And for whatever reason, they feel like we've never presented them a reason to reach out to us. Well, no, it's cause and that's.
0: Uh, look, well, Greg, I think it's simple. You're a fucking snowflake, and I think you need to get over it.
1: That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. Give me twenty dollars to own the libs. I really don't care. But the point is, you can't be. What is stopping them from doing one? I don't know. I can, Tell like I,
0: host your own. No, we're not you. mad. I'm not, you know who's you. not going? Anyone I know. Like we're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna be like go over and be like you know it would be super funny if we fucked with oh. No.
1: No, host, do it on the same night. Do it on a bar across the street. For yeah, all do like it at shit. the
0: same bar. I don't care. Well, maybe not at the same time. Yeah, I do that. I I do
1: that. Mama Kaplan's going to be at this. Oh, yeah. She my gets, ma- she
0: my mom out. might be there, too. So,
1: yeah. Mom, Mama Caps gets rowdy if she has a little Chardonnay in her, and uh, <laughs> you don't want to know. I do. Um, actually. Yeah, well, okay. okay. Well, you're right. going to meet her. It's, it's fine. fine. That's true. Yeah. Guys, if you're butthurt about it, I'm sorry. It sucks for you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm sorry that you didn't get picked in the dodgeball game. I don't know you. This isn't gym class. It's not my responsibility to pick you. Fair being fair, you know who else is not involved in this? Blue Seat Blogs. They reached out to me today, Dave Shapiro and uh, his crew. They do phenomenal work. The problem is I didn't know they had a podcast. Uh, That's not me being ignorant. Honestly, I didn't know either. I didn't know. And and, and, that's, entire, and that's actually
0: my, bad for me, Greg, because guess who does a lot of research on that stuff? You do. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, a lot. And you know
1: what? You know what? Pat with Blue Seeds Blog reached out to me directly, asked if it's something he can be a part of. And I straight up told him, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had one. We're going to be – this isn't the only one we're ever doing. Yeah, I'm sure we're we'll going do to do more. Guess what?
0: We're going to continue to do our show and probably do more events. Surprise.
1: Yeah yeah and if if blue seas blogs wants to be a part of it those are guys i've been reading for quite a while i respect all of them i i don't know if shapiro likes me there there are guys with <laughs> well, banter probably who, not i don't think adam herman likes me uh, and that wait, didn't wait, stop me from inviting banter onto this well, adam, adventure adam
0: herman definitely doesn't like us i, guess,
1: I don't he think he does says, that's and r- you know what
0: uh, that's fine right
1: what fucking fine I don't have to be liked by everybody in this world. No. I don't want to be liked by everybody in this world. No, I definitely don't. A lot don't. of shit people in this world that I don't want them to like me. Greg, I want them to hate me.
0: I have bad news for you.
1: Oh, boy. This was supposed to be a minute. and It's, it's longer than a minute. And it's seven. And oh, I am yeah, I'm melting. Not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not done. Suck it up.
0: Okay. Uh, my up. only point is. How about that? i sucking the water off my skin.
1: My only point is, I'm sorry if you're hurt. Um, I don't consider blue shirt underground the godfather of rangers podcasting because if you've ever listened to this podcast i don't know how many times we've told you yeah, we, the whole reason we started doing this we literally was because started because you did a podcast we
0: liked yeah you were terrible so we started so there you go
1: there you go like we've been perfectly clear about that the entire time so longevity doesn't mean anything to me if you want to have your own event and don't invite us go for it man wow charge, charge no Craig, they, can't,
0: they can't do that because I'm, if they were going to have an event and not invite us, they wouldn't have true opposing views,
1: which would be uh, which would interesting, interesting. which
0: would be beneficial for anyone attending. And That's at the, and at that point, you know. But I, and I hope this goes well for you. To each their own. But you're mm-hmm. not doing a service to true Ranger fans, Greg.
1: Wow, you want a spoiler alert? Yeah, you know who disagreed with me on my D'Angelo deserves a spot guaranteed in the Ranger lineup. Who's that? Joe Fortunato.
0: Are you kidding? Joe, Joe disagreed. disagreed
1: with you? Joe Joe disagreed with me. Huh. If only I was doing an event with him where he could disagree with me in person.
0: Greg, I have news. It doesn't maybe not seem like it. I disagree with you sometimes. What? I know. I know. Can't be. I know. We actually argue
1: a lot. What is, what is it play music or something? It does. It's a flute.
0: <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at Bullshit Break. You can read our timeline from the last two days. It's been pretty wonderful. Have a great time doing that. And uh, Instagram, Bullshit Breakway. We rarely do that, but it's also there. And you know what? Look out for a lot of stuff coming up, including live shows and some videos coming over the summer. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Love y'all.